0: Let's talk about sex, shall we? (laughs) Ready? (laughs) Welcome, all you new people. (laughs) Uh, This is what we're doing uh, all semester, talking about sex. Uh, uh, We we kind of are, uh, in a way, but but really more expanded than that, Uh, 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 relationships, uh, dating uh, singleness uh, sexuality uh, marriage uh, all of these things that that revolve around the, this world of uh, just how we uh, how we relate to each other uh, in those kinds of ways uh, which is really pertinent for us um, especially I mean it's, it's pertinent for us in, in all parts of our lives but um, especially right now and uh, we we're digging into this um, in a really um, uh, a really expanded kind of way uh, through this entire semester, and uh, so what uh, what we're going to do tonight uh, is I'm going to tell you everything that you guys are doing wrong. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, what's different than what I normally do, right? <laughs> um, and you're like, how much time do we have? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Th- so th- uh, three weeks ago, we we talked about the nature. Uh, of love and so we you know we have this mission of love God and love others and we say that everything that we're about has to do with love and so uh, by by inference on that everything has to do with relationship um, in some kind of way and so we talk a lot about the nature of love even even outside of this series we talk about that and one of the things that we come to a lot uh, is uh, is is a, a kind of definition of love that we have as disciples of Jesus and that is excuse me that is less of the self and more of the others uh, more of the other. So um, our, our understanding of love, our practice of love, our experience of love uh, is how we, we, how we uh, practice divesting ourselves more and investing ourselves more in uh, who other people are. Uh, so two weeks ago, uh, we talked about um, why we have hope uh, in this, no matter what your story is. Uh, when it comes to relationships and sexuality and singleness. Uh, there's a lot of people in this room right now, and there are as many different stories and experiences and and, and lives that you've lived uh, when it comes to this, and Jesus makes it clear. Um, I mean, just kind of like uh, Christine did, uh, that God God wants you as you are, Now, we know that as disciples, he's taking us to a better place, and it's for us to follow him uh, to that better place. But no matter where you've been, you can be in a point right now of coming with him and to him uh, in completely judgment-free uh, from him. So it's a very important place uh, to start with too. And then last week we had uh, Aubrey Eyer here uh, who just uh, did a beautiful job in helping us uh, think about uh, singleness and the blessing of singleness, the opportunities of singleness, how we can think about singleness uh, in a very opportunistic uh, kind of way as disciples, um, and how that's a can be a beautiful, beautiful thing uh, for us. And so, so of course, we're on singleness uh, last week, which means we got to be on dating this week. So here we go, dating. Uh, how, how many of you just tensed up a little bit? It's a treacherous subject, isn't it? Uh, We love it, but yet we hate it uh, so much, right? Some of us love it, some of us hate it, some of us have a a mixture of the two. I heard this on campus the other day. Uh, I would rather try to get an investor than go on a date. (laughs) It's the kind of same difference, right? Uh, uh, You know? (laughs) Oh, McCombs. Uh, (laughs) What are we doing? Uh, Why do we date? Talk to me. Why do we date? For marriage. marriage. All right, great. There's a grand view of dating there. Why? Now, really, why do we date? What? Companionship? Because they're cute. (laughs) Honest. I like it. I'm taken. Sorry. Uh... Um, why else do we date? <laughs> because we're lonely. Tra- All right. Uh, okay. Uh, Bryn wins the, uh, she, she now gets the cynical medal. Like, pass that to her. Like, okay. <laughs> huh. This is not working out quite like I expected. Dare I ask? Why, why do we date? Maybe one or two more. Why do we date? Because they'll pay for lunch. Because <laughs> they'll pay for lunch. Yes, the opportunistic. Uh, view of dating uh, now now i'm i'm guessing you're expecting all the women that you've been out with to pay for your lunch <laughs> Sabrina pays for everything now right yeah. i love it uh well we date we we know we we date for all kinds of different reasons right we uh but um but maybe if we get if we got serious and we got to the core. Uh, it's something that we've talked about before too. Even even in this series, we all want intimacy, right? All of us. And I think that, uh, and I've said this before. Whether you are the the world's biggest Type A extrovert, uh, or you are a uh, you are what you think is a solitary introvert, you still want intimacy. Everybody wants the experience of intimacy. And dating is one way of seeking and experiencing intimacy in the context of romance. And romance is real, right? Romance is good. Romance is beautiful. I want to be very clear about that. Nothing that we talk about uh, in anything in this semester is to take anything away from romance at all. Uh, God makes clear that romance is an amazing, amazing kind of thing. We have an entire a book of the Bible that's dedicated to the to the wonder and the beauty and the poetry uh, of romance, uh, and God has called us to intimacy, but true intimacy, right? We've t- we've started this semester talking about all of the messages that flow around us, all the time that push us in all kinds of different directions, uh, but God says. I want intimacy for you. I want the experience of intimacy for you, but I want you to know true intimacy because there's nothing solitary about being in God, is there? Uh, The very nature of that itself is not about being solitary, but God says, I also want you to know the wonder of relationship and intimacy and community uh, with each other. That's part of the love your neighbor as yourself, it's not just, uh, it's not just an altruistic kind of thing. That is that is, practicing that is how we get to experience intimacy um, ourselves. <clears throat> so, if we're going to learn how to walk this path, we need to be aware of what will and won't help, right? And that's part of our learning process, like what are the things that help us move towards the things that God wants for us to experience and to know uh, and to help others to know, and what are the things that move us away from that, um, intentionally or or unintentionally? Um, And so we want to talk about those things, especially in the terms of uh, our habits, what are our habits? Um, you know, our habits are the things that are common to us, right? We, sometimes our habits are things that, that we even take for granted. You, don't even, you have habits that you don't even realize are habits for you. But one of the things that, we, that is, is a call to us as disciples is to, uh, to examine ourselves in really serious ways to understand what are the things that make, us, that make me tick like I do. What are the habits that I have? Um, that are either, um, that are either good for me and so sometimes maybe they're bad for me. And that's what we're going to do, uh, tonight and next week when it comes, uh, to dating. So tonight is, and we have some slides back there, David, uh, if you want to put those up, uh, we're going to talk about the seven habits of highly defective dating. Uh, but then we're going to follow that up next week with the seven habits of highly effective, uh, dating. And so we're going to jump right into this uh, tonight, and we're going to cover a lot of ground, and some of this may uh, may feel personal uh, to you in some way, and I say good to that. Uh, let's, uh, let's have that experience together. And so what I want to uh, put up as number one in our seven habits of highly defective dating is dating that leads to intimacy, but not to commitment. Let me say that again. Dating that leads to intimacy, but not to commitment. I want to ask you this question: Are you showing your heart in your practice of dating? You know, and whatever level uh, that has been. I know for some of you that's like zero, and for some of you that's a lot of people. But these things are these things are stored in your heart Is your practice of dating about you showing your heart to each other without giving your heart without giving your heart to each other. Let me say that again: Is it about showing your heart to each other? without giving your heart to each other if so your intimacy might be artificial and dating is not helping you practice real spiritual c- maturity which is commitment right the more we the more we grow in spiritual commu- uh, uh, maturity the more we find ourselves desiring the experience and the practice of commitment and if you're not interested in commitment, which is where what we see in a lot of dating, right? I like I like the, the idea of dating, but I don't really want commitment. Why? Why? Why is that so for you? So if you're not interested in commitment, then you're building a practice of relationship that is based on you and not the other. Um, which means you're building a falsehood, okay? So number one, dating that leads to intimacy but not commitment is a habit of highly defective dating. Okay, number two, dating that skips the friendship stage of relationship. Now, I think this might be the most common experience Uh, of dating uh, for all of us and this is what we're surrounded with Uh, this is what we're encouraged into is to go go look for a date find a date that's why we have our what we've talked about our shortcut apps right that get us right into people Uh, And I'm going to say it again, if you've got Tinder going, it is not your friend because it gets you to this, dating that skips the friendship stage of relationship, right? Dating that is not built on top of a developing friendship is creating false intimacy. And that's going to be a theme in a lot of what we talk about is false intimacy, right? Relationships built on romance, rather than on true friendships or risk of falling through the ice at any time. And we know this, don't we? Don't we? How many romances have we built in this room that have just been uh, passionate, maybe? But then they just go right through the wall and you realize there's nothing underneath that. There's nothing that undergirded that in true friendship, true understanding, true relationship and intimacy with each other. So don't let romantic or physical attraction be the cornerstone of your relationship. These things will, at the very best, uh, they will get a little thinner, right? And then, what are you left with? What are you left with when romance kind of loses its edge? Intimacy without friendship is superficial. Intimacy without friendship is superficial. So dating that skips the friendship stage of relationship is number two. Number three... Dating that mistakes a physical relationship for love. And that's often tied in uh, to number two. Now, I want to say physicality is beautiful. And we'll get to a little more of that uh, in depth later in the semester, too. Physicality is beautiful. Physicality is given to us by God as a wonderful gift. Uh, And like we've said before, we have an entire book in the Bible celebrating it. Um, as part of the, the romantic uh, wonder, right? But if physicality is what is bringing you close, rather than your common path in life and your values in God, you are building a false intimacy, right? And we have to be really uh, honest with ourselves about this. Uh, if And I want to ask you this. If you weren't able to kiss or even touch each other, would we still relate deeply? If all physicality was somehow removed from your relationship, what would uh, still stand in that? Would I truly still be interested? Right? Love and sex are not interchangeable ideas. Uh, sex and, and we're gonna we're gonna say more about this later in the semester. To express sex is an expression of the truest and most committed love that we can experience with another person. And what is that? Marriage. Marriage. Sex is an expression of the truest and most committed love that we can share, which God calls marriage. <clears throat> Okay, so that's number three. Dating that mistakes a physical relationship for love is a habit of highly defective dating. Number four. Dating that isolates a couple from other vital relationships is a practice of defective dating. Ask yourself, have you lost a friend to a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Like we could all raise our hands on that one. Right? We all know what it's like to lose a relationship to another relationship. Giving yourself to a dating relationship to the exclusion of other relationships, especially one, especially one that's not based on commitment leaves you without the relationships you need when dating inevitably ends. Right? Dating should never be a practice of excluding the relationships that you have already been gifted with and are already building in your life. And hear me on this. No healthy relationship will make this demand of you. If you find yourself in a relationship, or if you are in a relationship, or if you know that this has happened to you, with somebody that makes that demand of exclusivity of you, or jealousy of other relationships that you have, um, or is or is uh, jealous of your time and your space and you, that is not a healthy, relationships. A healthy relationship will value the other person's space and relationships. It will be valued. The relationships that you have, the friendships that you have, the time that you have uh, with other people will be valued by somebody who truly values and trusts you in an intimate way. They will not steal from that. Okay? I'm really serious about this because we see this all the time. We see that I, I, I get to be the brunt of some of the angst of people who have lost their friends to other people, right? And some of that's going to be a little bit natural. You've got to give time to people. So time has to be balanced and shared. And it's, it's hard and it's a discipline. But a relationship will never demand you away from that. Okay, so dating that isolates a couple from other vital relationships is a habit of highly defective dating. Number five, dating that distracts from preparing for the future is a habit of highly defective dating. And devoting yourself to the pursuit of a dating relationship can pull you away from the things that can actually help you develop into the person God is wanting you to be. And this is the this is what the practice of unhealthy dating uh, leads us to. It leads us into being totally buried in that relationship to and so this is kind of an expansion on number 4. It it it's not only t- takes you away from other people but it takes you away from the development of your life. And I actually see this a lot. This isn't just this isn't kind of s- scary talk. I see this a lot. I've been I've been so wrapped in a relationship, and usually this this uh, understanding comes when, after the relationship has fallen apart, I've realized all that I missed because of this relationship, right? All that I would have been able to do, all that I would have been able to be if I had not been so demanded into uh, this relationship that ultimately didn't. Uh, come to fruition right and a healthy relationship is not going to leave you in that experience so what opportunities you need to always ask yourself what opportunities are you missing because you're tying yourself to a boyfriend or a girlfriend and if you can honestly say man that is that's a hard question for me then I want to I want to encourage you to think heavily about what that relationship is If that relationship, if you know that that relationship is helping to spur you into things, to spur you into growth, to encourage you into growth, it has has spiritual accountability in it that moves you towards God, then you might be experiencing a healthy relationship. We'll talk more about that next week. Um, So, number five, dating that distracts from uh, preparing for the future is a highly defective um, habit of dating. Number six, dating that builds discontentment with singleness. Okay, this is kind of where we were uh, last week uh, with with Aubrey. Singleness is a vital and amazing way to live if you are open to the opportunities that it gives you. Uh, don't use dating to fill the voids that no person. Can fill, and I don't want to totally rehash last week, but but we know that that is part of our draw, part of our carnal draw uh, to these kinds of relationships, is because it gives a sense of uh, it gives a sense of greater, or we think it will give a sense of greater completeness. It will cover over this loneliness um, that I suffer with. Um, but if it's being used in that kind of way, as a, as a band-aid to my singleness, um, as a salve I can put on my singleness, right? then you're not practicing healthy uh, dating relationships. Um, if your lack of a boyfriend or girlfriend breeds loneliness for you, dating is not your answer. Singleness is a way to serve God with abandon. I'll just repeat that. Uh, Don't let uh, dating be a way to seek out intimacy that is only going to leave you wanting more. Okay? So, number six, dating that builds contentment with singleness um, is a habit of highly defective dating. All right. And finally, number seven, dating that creates an artificial environment for knowing each other is a highly defective habit of dating. Now this one is really, really subtle. But it's pervasive for us. And it's very, very natural for us. So some of you know that Jenny and I dated long distance. Um, she met, or we met when uh, she was living uh, here in Austin and I was living uh, in Manhattan, Kansas. And it kind of it budded into a... Um, you know, it butted into a kind of an uh, an online uh, chat through Facebook Messenger, you know, like all that. Oh, hey, um, yeah, that's how it was. Oh, hey, that's uh, how did I get a girl? I don't know. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, it 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 butted into this kind of friendship and and ongoing uh, conversations that we had all the time. That butted into this. Uh, trip that I made down here, and we, we had this great weekend together, and we decided, mm, maybe this is a thing, and, but, but it remained long distance um, for, for quite a while, and uh, so that, that, that kind of makes this thing um, even subtly worse, uh, because when you're in a, when you're in a, uh, a position like that, um, what you get to present uh, to the other person, you get to curate heavily. Um, you get to present all the best things about yourself uh, to the other especially in a long distance but it's it's true it's true all the time if that's what we're trying to do I want to want to put everything that's that's best about me forward uh, so that that's what this person likes right um, But what that does over time is it leads to this practice of, you are you're getting really interested in what is part of somebody, not the whole of somebody, and we have to be honest about those things. Um, so, I actually, decided um, one time because we kind of we were able to get to see each other in the flesh, like a uh, about once a month or so. I'd fly down here, she'd fly up there, um, but there. But even that was kind of all this this. Um, the subtly uh, uh, kind of artificial experience because I'd come down here and we'd do all the fun Austin things. We'd just have a great time. Uh, she'd come up there and we'd like do the, the one fun thing <laughs> in Manhattan, Kansas. we do that over and over. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I decided once I realized as we got uh, several months into this, she's not really seeing what my real life is. And so uh, when she flew up there one time, I deliberately—and this sounds so weird to say—I deliberately did nothing to prepare for that weekend. I planned nothing. I did. I didn't clean anything. I didn't change any of my plans or my life. Like we have got. She's got to be able to see like just what my real daily mess of a life—a mess of a life—is like, right? And if that wasn't going to be okay for her, then we both needed to know that, right? Because if this goes forward into engagement and marriage, well, we're going to find all that out uh, probably not at the right time, right? And that's the worst time. you know. After you've made those kind of commitments to each other is the worst time to start finding those things out so how much of your real honest true life is shared with each other in your dating relationships or is it the push in you to always be putting some part of you forward for this other person If your relationship is based on always impressing each other or wooing each other or on your physicality or sexuality with each other, these things are not revealing the real you. And this is a highly defective habit of dating that's going to lead you into a bad place. This is why a lot of seemingly wonderful relationships and marriages End in disaster, and we know that, right? Uh, The first wedding I ever did uh, ended in a disastrous divorce six months later, uh, that that I officiated, and I knew it would. I knew it would, and there's nothing that you can do, uh, because there. It's it's a couple. If you if you ever do um, premarital counseling with me, one of the one of the things that we talk about in one of the modules uh, that we do, uh, we call it idealistic distortion. And it's really, it's it's a measure of like how perfect do you think this relationship is. And really, the more perfect you think it is, the more danger you might be in, right? Because you're idealistically distorted about it. And because that's been the nature of your dating relationship, right? Also a plug for premarital counseling. Uh, <clears throat> so those are our. We can go on and on and on, right? Uh, but but we're gonna we're gonna call those um, our seven habits of highly defective dating. Um, so what I want to say to you tonight is let dating be something that God leads you into and through. And that sounds so trite to say. Christian minister up here in front of this worship gathering saying let God lead you into dating and <laughs> right okay right I need you to stop and I need you to understand how critically important that is because what am I not saying in that let your heart guide you into today. Let, let the winds roam it I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. You. What I'm saying is you. As disciples of Jesus, we have to seriously understand the implications of that. If you are a disciple of Jesus, who leads you? Now's your chance. <laughs> Good job. Everybody. <laughs> it's um, like my three-year-old um, right answer it is though it is though another trite sounding kind of thing you must trust that Jesus the spirit of God is leading you and this is actually our hardest thing to embrace as disciples, isn't it? To truly be led by the Spirit of God. Because when we take over these things, we find all the shortcuts. And the shortcuts lead us to something that is not real or not right or not true. And, but God will always lead us to what is true. If this is what we did, dating would be an experience of practicing commitment, building true intimacy. It, would, it will be based on a foundation of real friendship, and it will help us pursue God with each other. If your dating life is based on anything else, it is not helping you. It's not. So let dating be something that always has true intimacy in mind. True Intimacy. And what this may mean, one of the implications of this, is that dating may not be what you need right now. And that's okay. That's okay. Right? It may be that the relationship that you are in right now may not be helping you. And I want to encourage you to be honest with yourself about that now. So, this has been a lot of downers, I know that. Um, we're talking about all the negative things. Next week, we're going to talk about how we can, how we can move towards uh, the things that, that actually will help us when it comes to dating. The seven habits of highly um, effective uh, dating. But if you're challenged by these things, or you're, you're not sure about any of th- these things, or you want to push back, on any th- uh, of these things. That's okay. Let's talk about it. Um, you know I have, my door is open to you. I want you to to find the ways to talk about these things uh, with each other, to open the door of these conversations uh, with each other so you can, you can encourage each other and challenge each other and hold each other um, accountable uh, to following Jesus in these ways that are going to be true uh, for you. Um, and so, I want you to think now, um, as we move uh, from, from this part of our worship into um, our, our celebration of the communion together, which is also something that we do uh, every week here, I, I want you to think about this this question. Because a lot of what we talked about tonight is commitment. What kind of commitment has Jesus shown to you? What kind of intimacy is he desiring to have with you, and how do you share in that with him? All right? Revelation 21, uh, chapter uh, verse 2 through 4 says, I saw the holy city. This is John speaking of these immensely incredible visions that God has given him. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Do you hear the intimacy that's in this? The bride beautifully dressed for her husband, coming to live and be with her husband. That's who we are. And Jesus is who that is. Saying, I'm coming to be with you, to be with you closely in all of these things. But that came at a price. It came at a price, and that's what this price is, that we remember right now. And so I'm going to pray about that, and um, and on your own timing, I want you to think of, be thinking of that question: What kind of commitment do you know Jesus has been showing to you, and what kind of intimacy is He desiring to have with you? Because this is an intimate act that we do. This is an act of intimacy, taking the bread that is His body and the blood that, or the juice that is His blood. Right? And we take that into ourselves, and it becomes a part of us. That is intimacy, right? Experience that together after we pray. Father, we want to follow you in all of our ways, and uh, we especially want to commit um, our lives of relationship, our practice of of dating, um, of uh, sharing in. Uh, these kinds of uh, things with each other uh, in a in a serious way that reflects you that brings us closer to you that helps us to understand the intimacy that you have sought to share with us you've done everything so that we can have this you've done everything so that we can know this kind of relationship with you that is the truest heart-level relationship that we will ever have in this life and the life to come. And so right now, we remember what has made that possible, the sacrifice, the cross, the suffering. But you did it in love, and we benefit from that. So help us to know that and remember that as we come to the table now. In the name of Christ.